Welcome to the very first initial inaugural first time ever podcast from Oregon Coast Beach Connection. This is Andre Hagestead. I am your official beach connector. Uh, I am the owner and editor and so on of Oregon Coast Beach Connection. I'm also the primary photographer and what I call the psychedelic web monkey. I don't know why. I just like to call myself that. That means I do all the web code and stuff like that. So uh, I am basically the showrunner for Oregon Coast Beach Connection and this is the first podcast. Uh, That bit of music you heard there is a bunch of old friends of mine, a band named Jonah out of Portland. Um, They're more or less no longer together but they just had a reunion here in August and uh, uh, you can still find them on the net and get some of their songs. That tune is called James Was Here, and you'll hear more of bits of it um, on a regular basis uh, on this podcast. On today's adventure, we'll be looking into, we'll be finding out what is Oregon Coast Beach Connection, uh, a sort of primer on the publication, Oregon Coast Beach Connection 101, if you will, and uh, we'll be taking a look at three cool things that are happening this time of year, basically what's happening this time of year in August, in late August, and um, one of them is a big maybe, uh, or at least a good possibility, and the other two are definitely stuff you're going to see right now. So what is Oregon Coast Beach Connection? In its very simplest terms, it's uh, an online publication about the Oregon coast and Washington coast. And I'm proud to say, as of two, three years ago, it's something that gets about a million page views per month, which is enormous. That's roughly an audience of about 400,000 people per month, and that means they're cruising cruising around it uh, about three or four times or something like that. It's a, a pretty big presence, I'm proud to say. It's a bunch of different things. Now, I understand that you go to beachconnection.net and you look at it and you go, what the hell is all that? Um, And like I said, people ask me that question all the time. Well, they don't put hell in it, but um, they ask me what is Oregon Coast Beach Connection and sometimes I want to tell them if I told you the whole thing, I would have to kill you. People are confused by it, and that's cool. I don't want everybody to know exactly what it is, but I will say that it is is a lot of different things. Probably the best way to think about it is it's a travel guide with a whole bunch of different detailed stuff. I mean, things you didn't even know you needed. Uh, It's uh, it's catered to the, the visitor to the Oregon coast and Washington coast. And then there's a whole bunch of updates to it constantly. We do like two news articles a day, so that's that's kind of insane. Um, those updates come in the form of kind of breaking news, news alerts or travel alerts in a sense, like big storms, what you can find out on the beaches, um, something big that's washed up, uh, events that are coming up. And then there's more magazine style things like we delve into the history and the science of the Oregon coast and Washington coast and and all sorts of different things. Then there's the travel guide aspect 
to the whole thing, uh, which is sort of static, but it's got a lot of updates too. Where to eat, uh, where to play on the beach, uh, your, where to look up hotels, where to find your new favorite hotels that you didn't know were your favorites until just now. Uh, a, a bundle of maps and weather reports and all sorts of weather alerts in all sorts of different ways. There's, uh, of course, the virtual tours, uh, really deep guides to, uh, uh, to all the beaches, except for the Washington Coast part. We haven't gotten those guys into that area yet. Um, and then... Uh, a huge array of stuff um, that, like I said, you uh, uh, didn't even know you needed. You know, what will the visitor care about? And of course, there are locals who love this stuff too. They love the nature stuff, they love the science stuff, and more power to you, man. Uh, more, more of you guys on board, and more listeners to this thing on board, even better. Uh, so, and beyond that, there's also a lot of social media presence. These articles get pumped out, and other parts of the website uh, publication get pumped out. Um, onto our social media presence. We've got a, a pretty high uh, a number of, of Facebook followers, and we've got more than one Facebook page too, by the way. Um, and uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram. We've got a TikTok presence, a lot of videos, uh, a lot of videos. We're doing something like a, maybe a couple of videos a week, really. Um, and then, of course, there's those virtual tours. Uh, those dig really deep into what's going on on the coast, what you can see. Um, some of them are regularly updated. There's about a thousand pages of those. Uh, they're all kind of divided by different sections of the Oregon coast. So these virtual tours, they, they get added to every once in a while. Not super often, but some of them are still kind of growing at a considerable pace. Uh, others um, I, I started this thing uh, with these virtual tours uh, with the idea of, of um, kind of like a video game that you go down and down different levels. Um, and uh, uh, I, I get a lot of, you know, still to this day, I gotta get a lot of input saying I, I just wandered around those virtual tours for hours <laughs> the other day. So there's still, all, still a lot of that going on. That is very cool. If you can't find something, there is at the very top, uh, certainly in the first page, and uh, and a lot of other pages, is a little search box, and um, and then there's a link to one of those search boxes on every single page too. It'll say search for blah blah blah, um, and a link to. Um, anyway, um, can't find something want to know what something is, uh, want to uh, get an idea of what you're looking for, uh, get some trip ideas, plug them into the, uh, uh, into the old search box up there. What is going on this time of year? Since this is probably going to get released here in August, uh, let's go over what's going to happen in late August and September. And there's some really cool things about to happen. One, uh, humpback whales. There's a good chance we're going to see a run of humpback whales here on the north coast. 
mostly in and around Astoria and seaside to Cannon Beach, mostly Young's Bay and uh, uh, the mouth of the Columbia. Um, number two, really cool sand levels. That's still going on. Uh, you're going to get access to places you normally can't get to at other times of the year because sand levels get really high. They change, they drastically change the beaches sometimes. Third thing, second summer. Uh, that means September and early October. We're going to get the best weather of the year along the Oregon coast. Almost guaranteed, not quite. I've seen that aspect go south really badly and uh, um, we've had we've had nothing really great at all. It's all of a sudden things take a, uh, a hard right turn into fall. But that doesn't usually happen. Mostly what happens is we get the best weather of the year from early September into sometimes late October now, thanks to climate change or unthanks to it. This seems to be going on a little bit longer. So some of the best stuff of the year is happening really in September and October. Let me elaborate more on second summer before I go jump into the other two items, since I've already started that. Um, essentially, uh, second summer is, as I said, the best weather of the year, almost guaranteed. It runs from September until about middle of October. Um, you might know it by the term Indian summer, but that's not quite correct in this situation. Basically, you're getting uh, more blue skies, a lot less wind, and uh, it's just warmer in general. Um, it's certainly not uncommon to be in the 70s out there on the coast. Uh, maybe less so as you get farther north, but definitely more so as you get farther south into southern Oregon coast. Um, there, like Brookings and Gold Beach, it's not uncommon to be in the 80s or 90s uh, around that time of year. With the with all those blue skies and so on, it's it's uh, a great time to be photographing the Oregon coast and the Washington coast. A lot of people swear by that. A lot of people like will say that is their definite favorite time of the year to photograph. And uh, I'm not the I'm not going to begrudge them on that. Personally, my own favorite is springtime because of a certain set of meteorological circumstances that occur about that time. Uh, that's a different story. We'll go into that some other time. I can tell you firsthand, I've been out there all the time during September and early October and uh, or through October. And it, those blue skies and warm temps, they're just like, it's kind of paradise, you know. It's, and now it's no longer a secret. Used to be kind of a secret. Even like as much as seven, eight years ago, I think, uh, you would find less people out there. You'd you find lodging prices had dropped a little bit, you know, uh, even even then. That doesn't seem to be the case. They don't come down at all. And, and no surprise, they know they don't need it. It's summer demand now. Um, once you get into early October, then you start to see some price drops, uh, a little bit. September and October are generally, well, were considered the shoulder season. Even the first two weeks of October, 
it's not so much of a secret now about the second summer. People have definitely figured it out, uh, but you're, you're going to find a few more deals, I think, on, on weekdays. Certainly in September, I think still, maybe not right away, but still some of the hotel uh, prices, they, they drop their weekday rates a bit. Definitely by October, the weekday prices are lower. Uh, a lot of October days can be just as busy as summer days, just as crowded, but um, not so much October. And the farther you get into October, the less that's so. As you get into uh, the mid middle of October, it really starts to back off. Uh, usually, uh, right about then, you start to get winter storms or, or fall storms. They're kind of light winter storms. Um, but not always. And I've seen this happen more and more in, uh, in recent years, and certainly in the last 10 years. You get... Um, it can, uh, some of the storms can kick in and then all of a sudden they'll be gone and you'll get some warm conditions again at the very end of October. So it's uh, definitely something to kind of plan and wait for, but like I said, I've seen it like disappear uh, and, even, and not even happen. There was one year, I'll never forget, um, and I write about it every year, so this was kind of an embarrassment. Uh, uh, that solve uh, beach cleanup happened like in the middle of September and uh, there was no second summer. All of a sudden, boom, uh, a storm rolled in, a big storm rolled in and it, uh, it, they had to cancel the, uh, the solve beach cleanup. Um, that was wild. That's happened before and then it never really came back. Uh, there were some okay days but it never really got warm into the 70s and and a low amount of wind and all that stuff. It just was like regular Oregon coast weather. Now, um, one of the issues with second summer, here's a little bit of a warning, is uh, with all that sun being so much stronger and that lack of wind, you're going to run into a greater chance of sunburn. So you're going to want to watch that. Um, it, a lot of it is the sun is reflecting off the ocean at that point, and uh, and it's and you know there's less wind to kind of cool you off and so on. And when you're closer to the ocean and right on the sands, and the sands kind of reflect the ocean a little bit too. I mean, reflect the sunlight back a little bit. Um, when you when you're out there on the shoreline you're getting bombarded by twice as many rays in a lot of cases. So really watch that sunscreen, um, especially if like you take off your shirt or whatever and you're in, in shorts, whatever, and I <laughs> can't blame you for that. Um, uh, it can feel like California. Um, it's, it's amazing, especially when, like I said, you get down to the southern coast, then you're dealing with 80s or 90s. Um, I can tell you uh, from first-hand experience, I've got some really nasty sunburns that time of year. Um, you get really warm walking out there. I remember, God, one time um, it was down on the, uh, uh, I was at the rocks at South, South Point in Depot Bay, North Point, I'm sorry, North, po North Point in Depot Bay, and uh, kind of a little hidden spot. Go to beachconnection.net, look up. North Point. 
really cool place. So I'm wandering those rocks, and uh, it's super warm. And I've got my shirt off, and I'm with there, I think, with a cousin of mine from Switzerland. I think that's who I was with. I was with somebody foreign, <laughs> one of my other German relatives. Um, anyway, uh, got the hell burned out of my chest and back and arms. It was like, ouchy. I'll never forget that. Um, so watch that. Uh, so, and as I said, in October, it starts to kind of clear out. Um, there are definitely less people out there, usually less people even on the weekends. Uh, that's one of the big, that's been one of the big cool things about Second Summer for decades until, like I said, about eight, nine years ago. Uh, there's less crowds out there, even on weekends. It wasn't quite as packed. It was getting there. And now it's kind of reached critical mass on those weekends, those really nice weather weekends. And it's much busier, of course, during the weekdays too. But I will suggest this, if you want to get away from crowds, you know, find some of the uh, uh, South Oregon coast is a good way to do it. Uh, straight up, there's hardly major crowds at a lot of those beaches down there, um, especially in between towns, right? Um, that area between Florence and Yahats, uh, with Bob Creek and Strawberry Hill and so on, and Ocean Beach Picnic Ground, you're going to find uh, a lot less people. And there winds up less people on the roads, which is really cool, which is really nice. Uh, you, get, you get to your favorite places faster. Less lines at your favorite restaurants. That's kind of an important thing right now, because restaurants are still understaffed out there, um, by and large. Uh, ever since COVID and uh, um, a lot of other factors, the, the, there's still the wait staff shortage that there used to be. Um, oh, not quite as bad as it used to be, but it, there's still, uh, still, still a shortage. So I'm going to say this dozens of times. You'll hear me say this over and over. Be nice. Put on your nice face to uh, uh, and have a lot of patience to, to all those service workers, service industry workers out there on the coast. They feed you, man. Be nice to them. And they're putting up with a lot of crap from a lot of people. Back to October. By the time October kicks in, uh, certainly in the first two weeks, it's still really nice weather out there. It's still pretty warm. Uh, and you definitely got less crowds, but you've also got this kind of weaker light, you know? The sun is just weaker, which you, you, you know from being inland. There's just a weakness to it, which has got kind of a hint of sadness a little bit, but it's still really cool. It's, it's actually great light to photograph in. It's a little more challenging, but uh, as a photographer, there's a mood to it, and I really dig that part of it. Okay, so get ready for possibly quite a lot of really spectacular whale sightings on the northern Oregon coast, the northern edges, and the southern edges of the Washington coast. It's not guaranteed this will happen. It hasn't happened every year. But since about 2014, 2015 or so, it's happened most years. And I think this has this has been before that it's been kind of an irregular thing either that or, or or people just didn't know that it was happening um uh there aren't as many eyes out there and there aren't there weren't as many reporting 
people out there reporting what they're seeing. Uh, so it's quite possible this is a rather recent development that all these humpback whales start showing up at the end of summer, uh, usually about August or sometime in September. What's happening is they're, uh, they're following all these bait fish down, um, things like herring and anchovies and things like that. It's called a bait ball, apparently. Um, and so these, uh, all these, these, these little fishies make their way down to the Columbia River, and the, and sometimes the Nicanicum River, or uh, yeah, the Nicanicum River over at Seaside. Um, and what they're doing is, they're sucking down all the nutrients that come out of the Columbia River and the Nicanicum as well. There is just a, a whole major flood of of nutrients coming down those areas, um, and it so it can spark these these large numbers of, of bait fish. And so then what happens is the humpback whales, they love these, and they come in to like Young's Bay and around the Astoria area and Dismal Niche up in Washington. And, uh, and you can see them offshore from Long Beach and so on. Um, they come in and they just, they just have an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's been incredible to watch. There has been some spectacular photos uh, of all the whales in the Astoria area. And um, one year, uh, there was a whole bunch of boats out there. I don't know if there was more out there at the time just because of the whales, or there was just more because it was, you know, summer and warmer. But either way, uh, there were a lot of boats out there, and the, the whales were seen darting in between, in and out uh, between the, those boats. And uh, nobody, you know, was in any danger, but it was just, it was a wild time. Um, and then what happens is, uh, besides the, the humpback whales and, you, you, and all the sightings that happen because of this, you get a lot of pelicans and other birds swooping in. And the pelicans are especially beautiful to watch. Um, and there are these just enormous flocks of birds out there. It's a feeding frenzy, really. I just did a story on this. Um, at Oregon Ghost Beach Connection, and how you might see this. And Tiffany Booth from the Seaside Aquarium has sent me some incredible shots. There's one incredible shot of a of a um, of a pelican in there with a beak full of fish, just tromping around uh, the Nicanicum River. Um, and uh, so you get these these guys out on the ocean, out in Young's Bay. You get the humpbacks and the uh, the the fish. I mean, the, the, you'll get the humpbacks and the uh, birds, the huge masses of birds, down as far as like Cannon Beach. Uh, th there's been some great pictures uh, that Tiffany again took of humpbacks uh, lumbering around Haystack Rock, and um, and that's really an incredible sighting. Um, and they're they're seen a lot off the, the southern uh, Long Beach Peninsula. So if they show up, keep an eye, get out there. And it doesn't happen for very long. They disappear fairly quickly. Um, it's a few days or so, maybe a week or two at the most. Um, and sometimes it's on and off. Sometimes they'll show up, disappear, show up again. 
down at the Nicanicum River, this is a little more regular, you get these feeding frenzies. These same birds are in a major competition, like almost a brawl. It's like the Jerry Springer of, of fowl. Um, they're down there like fighting it out uh, and, and flopping around and, and creating just a, 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 a flurry of activity as they attack those waters looking for those fish. So, um, and, and that, uh, there's a whole lot of splashing going on. Uh, and sometimes what happens is there's so many of those bait fish trying to swim upstream that they choke off all the oxygen in the stream and then they, they die and then the, the stream stinks like hell. So uh, there is that too. Some interesting, fascinating stuff that happens over there on the North Coast and the South Washington Coast. Let's talk about sound levels on the Oregon coast and the Washington coast. Uh, how cool are those right now, right? Uh, basically, sound levels really go up and down during the, the course of the year. In the summertime, uh, you get more sands piling up and in the winter time all that that winter storm action scours out the sand so in summertime it's the fact that the uh, 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 the waves are so light and so calm so and then what happens is it builds these sandbars out onto uh, onto your you know the beaches that you know and uh, the, that tide line there increases the beach increases um, you get greater access to things you didn't normally get to. So sand levels, they change, and they change, and they can change a beach rather drastically. So beaches change, and that's why we talk about uh, uh, changing sand levels at, at Oregon Coast Beach Connection. It's kind of integral to the beach experience, really. And you'll notice if you go out there, your favorite beach looks very different in winter than it does in summer at least in most cases. And uh, then you get some other trippy action like there's uh, these, these sandbars create, they're, they're a little ways in from the tide line and uh, like 100, 200 feet or something like that. And the, there's like another big, huge sandbar. And if it's big enough, what happens is the tide washes over that and then it sort of cuts off the wave in a really weird way. It's like the, the, the original part of the wave that came in, that stuff goes back, but then part of it stays. Uh, there's like a big puddle there. Uh, that sandbar creates like a secondary lake of ocean water. And then what happens is uh, you, you'll, you'll actually see waves going the wrong direction. It's, it's a real trip. Uh, if you, you can do a search for that on Oregon Coast Beach Connection. Um, that's kind of a side story. But anyway, the point is you get completely new access to a lot of your favorite beaches. Uh, in the wintertime, of course, it's the opposite thing. That's a whole different story, but all the, uh, 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 all the winter action scours out all that sand and takes it away. And all of a sudden you get bedrock showing. You get all sorts of stuff showing that, that wasn't there. Uh, the last time you were there, 
that you normally can't see. Uh, ghost forests, weird things called uh, red towers. That's a, that's a whole other story. Uh, you can do searches for all those terms on beachconnection.net and you'll find some amazing stuff and some amazing photos. Um, so, again, that's why we talk about sand levels. It can change your beach experience drastically. And one interesting example um, is down at Horsefall Beach in Coos Bay. Earlier this year, uh, by May and June, things really uh, start to start to fill back up. They've, they've filled back up mostly. They're sort of at normal levels, I guess you would say, right? Springtime is normal sand levels. At Horsefall Beach, there's the wreck of the Sujameko or Sujumiko, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Uh, and it was showing a lot longer into the year than it normally was. I'd really like to know what was going on there. I'm, I'm not really that familiar with the dynamics of that beach. So it'd be kind of, kind of interesting to get to know what is happening on that beach. And so the, the wreck, you know, it had been uncovered during the winter, but by the time May came around in June, it was still what they call in full bloom. Uh, there was still a lot of it visible. And we've got some great pictures of that from some other people. It's on the, uh, uh, on the publication. Um, and it's an interesting story, the Sujimeko. Uh, it was, uh, uh, nobody died there, but it was curious in that they, uh, uh, it happened like in the early part of the century, and they, um, they didn't let the crew off for about a month, and there's no real clear reason why. So that would be fun to kind of delve into in the future. Why didn't they let the crew off? We couldn't find anything in the, uh, in the news coverage of that at the time. So what are some examples of all this cool new beach property, you ask? Well, actually, I guess I'm the one that asked. Um, so I'll give you a few. Uh, uh, that includes um, Oceanside up on the north coast, Cobble Beach at Yukuna Head at Newport, and Arch, and, uh, Arch Cape uh, up by uh, Cannon Beach, and then uh, some south coast examples too. Um, Oceanside is definitely one of the biggies. It's it's really outstanding and just uh, uh, super cool what happens there. Uh, there's Maxwell Point, right? Familiar with that? That's the big point, uh, the little little headland that's sitting there. And there's the tunnel. And you go through that tunnel and you get to the other side and it's Tunnel Beach or what we prefer to call Star Trek Beach, which it got nicknamed in the 90s because of some cool features there that are no longer, one of them is no longer there. but. It'll always be Star Trek Beach to me. Anyway, um, you uh, uh, head over there, and uh, th that's like this cool little hidden beach, except it's not so hidden anymore. But um, you can't go around that point, right? Except in summer. Those sand levels rise so much that it's like a low tide event. That's the whole thing about these, these high sand level events in the summertime. It's like a, a faux uh, high tide. Faux meaning F-A-U-X, which is the French word for fake. Uh, so it's, it's, 
it's like a low tide, but it's not. It's just the sand levels are, are you know, the, the tide is being kept at bay, basically, by, by sandbars, and sand levels have risen so high, they've, there's just a lot more for them to get to. So at Oceanside, you normally see that point being smacked by waves and so on, and during the winter, it's kind of cool. It's like there's some really uh, fun wave action to check out, but you can't go around that point unless you go through the tunnel. And then even in winter, going through that tunnel is not always a good idea. It's, uh, it can be dangerous, on the other side anyway. But you go, to, uh, uh, go there in summer, and all of a sudden, you can get around that point. And it's just spectacular. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to encounter. Uh, I kind of grew up around Oceanside a little bit, and for some reason had never encountered that until I got older and uh, when I was really into the coast. And uh, uh, that was, it just blew me away. And I, every time I'm there, I take just a load of pictures. Um, it's just, it's really cool to walk around that point and there's a, that little cave right on the inside, which you normally can't get to because uh, tides are smacking up against that. And if you go in that cave, you're going to die. Um, but uh, uh, during the summertime, you can get there. And then, of course, down at the end of Tunnel Beach or Star Trek Beach, there is the uh, the big cave, which I guess is called Lost Boy Cave, I think. Or there's one on the other side I'm at actual Lost Boy Beach, which I'm not positive about. Another big-time favorite is Cobble Beach at Yukona Head down at Newport. That's the uh, little beach, the little uh, sliver of a kind of mini bay or something of a beach there that's uh, Cobble Beach is the one that you look down from Yukuna Head uh, as you're uh, like closer to the water not when you're up on high that's Agate Beach that you can see from there but Cobble Beach is the one with all the big cobblestones basically those big rounded polished stones that uh, uh, and, and there's also a lot of blackish really harsh hard, large grains of, of, of coarse sand that are there. And it's named Cobble Beach because of uh, those, those cobblestones. This is a really interesting example. In the summer, all of a sudden there's a lot more of it. There's usually, there, usually you see just that sort of small curve of cobblestones. Now, during the summer, you see there's like a hundred to two hundred or three hundred feet more of it, and uh, and it's a bunch of weird, crusty, pointy basalt rock with uh, these giant holes and grooves and mounds in it, and uh, and you see these 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 giant like kind of lines in it, uh, sort of finer point lines, and that actually is from the sand that's on it just about all the time, and the sand grinds away at it. You can see that same action at Fogarty Beach, just uh, up at Depot Bay, near Depot Bay. You can see that during the winter, too, if the sand levels get low enough. But it, it sort of looks like a low sand event and uh, over, over at Cobble Beach, but it's not. It's just the tide is way farther out. And all of a sudden, you've got access to all these marine gardens, and it's really pretty, and it's just, and it's this jagged black stuff at the same time, so it's kind of alien looking. It's a, a, a whole new, the, the beach becomes a whole new beach, basically. 
this isn't always guaranteed. It doesn't happen every year, I think. But um, but a lot of years, a lot of summers, you'll see the sand levels way way out there at, at Cobble Beach. Now, of course, those cobblestones uh, they make that weird noise. Uh, what's what's called um, uh, rattling noise? Magic rocks. They some people nicknamed it magic rocks. Uh, there's a whole story on that in Oregon Coast Beach Connection. But for any of these places. Uh, do a search on low sand levels and insert the word Arch Cape or Oceanside or Cobble Beach and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see some pictures of it. Uh, Arch Cape is the other biggie that's up by Cannon Beach. It's this tiny little town, sliver of a town really, hugging the uh, shoreline. Not quite a mile worth of it, I think. Uh, and then there's, uh, you know, it's just right up against the beach there. And the beach itself is very narrow. The beach itself really isn't that safe in the wintertime. Uh, it's, uh, during winter storms, don't even think about it. There's just, it's just a sliver of a beach. But come summertime, the beach doubles. It's just amazing. And uh, then you can get around the point there's that point there at the southern end, which you, which is part of Cape Falcon, and then you can get around that puppy, and you can see not only a bunch of like tide pools and and just these huge colonies of things, but there is the arch, the arch that Arch Cape was named after. There's this big basalt rock arch, this big hole in it. That actually is part of the remnants of what were three arches. It was like this big spider-like complex that almost looked like a couple of caves connected or something. Um, there's some great photos of it. We've got it at Oregon Coast Beach Connection too. Um, great photos of it in the 40s. Uh, a bunch of kids hanging out in there with a, with a car that they had driven there. Imagine trying to drive a car into Arch Cape. You can't now. But all those rocks that fell, those big boulders, or a lot of them, they're still there. And they're forming those those tide pool areas. So that you can get to see normally in, in winter, spring, fall, you can't get near that point. Another great example is Myers Creek Beach down there near Gold Beach uh, with all these cool lumbering sea stacks. These, these sea st Some of them look like they're leaning and like you know one or two of them look like they got drunk when they froze and they're ready to fall over. Um, Anyway, that beach, I haven't gotten many, I haven't gotten any of these really cool pictures myself down there, uh, but I've seen a lot, those, those sand levels build up all these really beautiful, elegant dunes that are, uh, sometimes have these sort of mysterious shapes and contours to them. Uh, when the sunlight hits them just right, nature has created some masterpieces down there. You get these beautiful interplays of, of shadows and, and shapes uh, of those dunes. Um, and of course the other big thing about Myers Creek is there's more of it. It's farther, the tide is farther out there, which means you can get out farther into, in the midst of those sea stacks, those giants. Um, and there are a couple like uh, arches down there. And I don't, I don't think you can actually get inside one of those arches, but you can get closer to them. And uh, those, those can make for some incredible photographs as well. 
I've seen some great photographs where people have taken shots of the last bit of sunlight coming through one of those arches, and there's some angles you can't get to uh, photographically uh, unless the sand levels are out far enough. And of course, the other big example is Bandon uh, down there on the south coast. Uh, you, uh, and I'm not talking just about Face Rock, but that whole area, that whole ocean front of, of Bandon there. There's a lot of sea stack real estate, as it were. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, when the tides, like I said, it acts like a low tide. It looks like a low tide, but it's not. But all of a sudden, you can get way out there. The sandbars have built up. They're, they're keeping the the um, keeping the breakers so far away there that you can get out and take pictures of like um, Howling Dog Rock or famous Wizard's Hat Rock. Uh, you can get out there and take pictures of them from the opposite side that you normally get to. Um, a lot of times you just can't get to them. No, you the you the tidal conditions don't let you get out to Face Rock itself, that would be ultra cool. But of course, that isn't going to happen unless um, unless for some reason the <laughs> we get a, a sea level shrinkage like uh, during the Ice Age. All right, well, that, uh, that wraps it up uh, for this first inaugural installment of our podcast. I'm going to let you in on a weird little secret. <laughs> um, as I'm doing this right now, as I'm finishing it up, I, I don't even have a name for it yet. Um, I still don't know what I'm going to call it. So here's to, uh, if you're drinking a drink right now, let's raise a toast to, uh, here's to, not being completely prepared. Uh, so what's coming in the next uh, few episodes? Really big thing on glowing sand. A lot of info on glowing sand and glowing waves. Some teasers about uh, some really weird astronomy weather stuff that we just talked about uh, in, the, in the publication. And uh, some tidbits about the killer summer on the Oregon coast. That's referring to the fact we had a lot of really interesting wildlife stuff take place, like a giant cat at uh, Haystack Rock and a bunch of killer whale action early in the summer. Uh, there's going to be some interesting stuff coming up. All right, this is Andre from Oregon Coast Beach Connection. I will see you on the beach and on the net, beachconnection.net, that is. You carried us.